Hi guys, I'm Bree. And I'm Allie, and this is Off Script. If you think about it, books are potential scripts for movies. When this adaptation happens, typically it's disappointing because they went off script. In this series, we will be talking about how off script they went. What? I thought that said slight sight loss. And I was like, I think I was oh. mixing slight gore warning with trigger warning loss. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what the? My I, notes. I didn't read Cujo. <laughs> Sight loss. They go blind. <laughs> Sight loss warning. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. All right. <sighs> Hi, guys. Welcome to Off Script, where we read books <laughs> and watch movies. Hey, I see, I fixed it. You did. <laughs> and tell you the differences and the similarities. Oh, yeah, yeah. That too. All right, you guys, it is still October, and that means we are still raising money and sock donations for Cameron's Cozy Socks, and either go check us out on Instagram, and we'll have the Venmo there for donations, or if you personally know us, reach out to us, and we will get those sock donations, and as a reminder, they are socks to go to the homeless, and families in need and they are the most needed uh, item in homeless shelters right now so do you want to explain why you're doing this for the people who might have only tuned in today sure uh so cameron my late husband's favorite apparel item was socks he was very odd and he loved to buy socks and I wish he had more fun pairs of socks. He had all the boring ones. I'm like, if your favorite thing is socks, buy fun socks. Anyways. Um, and so his mom came up with the idea of Cameron's Cozy Socks to uh, kind of make his memory into a positive thing. And we decided to start raising socks for... The homeless and so that is what we're doing to honor him and all of october we are trying to raise money to purchase socks and just socks to donate so we are hopefully so our goal this year is fifteen hundred dollars and one thousand pairs of socks and i really think we can do it and we can definitely do it with all of your help so Please go to Instagram, find our Venmo, and at Cameron Cozy Sock Cameron's. There's an S in there. Cozy Socks, and or reach out to us personally, and that would be wonderful. Thank you guys. Okay, that's all our housekeeping. <gasps> no, I have to paint my picture. Yeah, can't I know forget you that. almost forgot I it again. I can't forget that. All right, my picture, you guys. I'm gonna paint a picture for you. It is. I know you're listening near the end of October, but we are recording in the middle of September, beginning, beginning middle, middle beginning, September 10th. We're doing pretty good. We're like a month and a half ahead. I'm proud of us. Anyways, I think we're behind, but <laughs> we're about to record. Look at. We're gonna record one now, one next week, two the week after. Okay. Because none oh, of those are pets. That's right. That's the next one we need to do. Oh, you'll finish it easy. It's <laughs> such a good read. Spooky. What if I hate it? I'm going to cry. <laughs> it was so good. I love it. 
<laughs> I really don't think you will. I don't think I will either. I have yet to meet it, I guess. <laughs> that I have yet to meet a Stephen King book that I don't like. Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. There is one. <laughs> Oh We've already forgotten how much we hate it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh shit. <laughs> right, I'm gonna paint my picture again. <laughs> I'm probably gonna end up leaving all that in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Not too good. laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you guys. The smoke in the sky right now is horrendous, and the we worst. are sending all our prayers over to Eastern Washington because mm-hmm. I just I'm so sad for all the wildlife and the families. Bad and, as it is here, yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine what's like over there. Right. So uh, we're thinking about you guys, and um, <laughs> a month later, <laughs> <laughs> we're. Cur- <laughs> We're always thinking about you. <laughs> wow, way to make my like sentimental thing I'm horrible. Just... It is current. It happened today when we're recording. It's because they're hearing about it a month later. Oh my gosh. Guys, I can't even, I can't even right now. <laughs> I can't even either. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's my picture. It's pretty smoky and it's like hard to walk outside and breathe mm-hmm. it's pretty bad i woke up this morning and my throat was just so scratchy yeah it was i accidentally bad. slept with my window accidentally i slept with my window open oh yeah that sucks yeah that was dumb of me i know but like we had a my niece's birthday party this morning outside at the park your pictures it, were great they were beautiful like no not a single smoke in the sky Right, at the birthday party mm-hmm. yes it was not smoky at all mm-hmm. at the birthday party mm-hmm. and then we get home and it just slowly, not even slowly, it freaking the came smoke, out of nowhere. Yes, yeah, it was crazy. I know my mom's trying to tell me that I'm going to go on my hike tomorrow and I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't know. So I want to say yes, but no. <laughs> I know and I'm bummed because it's Riley's last uh, couple days of school or summer before she starts school and we usually do something super fun those last few days. But we had outdoor things planned, so... Now I have to rearrange my fun. We'll still have fun. Mm-hmm. I told her we're going to do the sleep in the living room thing. And she's freaking stoked. Because we thank you. <laughs> I Because we do that every break. So we yeah. do it like spring break and winter break. Nice. And we didn't do it summer break. So I was yeah. like, how do you not freaking do it summer break? And so, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, she'll, have, a good one. she'll have a lot of fun. But yeah, that's my picture. It's smoky and sad out right now. Mm hmm. Hopefully we can, hopefully it's not still smoky when this comes to you guys. I hope. That would be insane. Yes. But anyways, let's do it. Let's. So we are on episode 12. Wow. And we are going to compare Cujo today. Y'all, I have thoughts about this book. (laughs) But before we get there, let me tell you what it's about. Wait. Oh. All right, before we begin, we do want to do, there's a slight gore warning. It's not as bad as Misery, but it is for animals. But, I mean. Well, I also think, yeah, his first, his first victim is pretty Oh, yeah, there's some gore warning. We'll just do that. In the movie, not so much. In the book. Yeah. A lot. Yes. And we do want to do a trigger warning that there is a loss of a child in it. So if that makes you uncomfortable, uh, this is your 
warning right now. Yeah, this is your... You can probably hang out with us until... We'll give you a warning right before we talk about it. We're going to forget. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can... Yeah. Uh, I would say once we start talking, like, when Donna picks up a bat. <laughs> a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? You're like, that never happens. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So, yeah, but... Just giving you guys a forewarning because as a mama, I would like to have those warnings too. So, all right, but we're going to get started. So let me read you the synopsis of Cujo. Cujo is a family dog who was bitten by a rabid bat. Cujo's illness goes unnoticed by his owners who are encumbered in their own drama, allowing the illness to progress to the point that Cujo turns from a gentle, loving dog into a horrifying killer. And so... This book was written by none other than Stephen King, of course, directed by Louis Teague, mm -hmm. and screenplay by Don Carlos Dunaway, <laughs> that's a cool name, and Barbara Turner. I would like to point out at this point in time that mm -hmm. it was actually not Louis Teague who originally started directing Cujo. It was someone else, but Stephen King had, from the get-go, wanted Louis Teague because he had just done a creature film i think it was called alligator and so stephen king was probably like hey perfect you just made a creature film about this animal i need you to make a creature film about this animal but uh the production company said no we want this guy and then like two weeks into production they realized that this guy was not making this movie right so they hired lewis teague all right. So the book came out September 8th, 1981, and the movie August 12th, 1983. Mm -hmm. Two-year difference. Mm -hmm. All right. What are your initial, thought <laughs> initial thoughts of the story overall? Like, not... Like, are we... I was confused about this last time, too. Okay. And I'm the one who came up with this question. <laughs> Just in general. So, like, if you were told the story of Cujo, was it an enjoyable experience not not necessarily was the book good or the movie good together but did you enjoy Cujo it's so it's so hard for me because you know my past with Cujo and then I okay I guess we're doing this here <laughs> you know I think I kind of explained it in the last episode too but me and my dad used to do a horror movie thing where we would watch horror movies every Friday and like we would each take turns picking out the movie. And one weekend he brought Cujo in because he was like, this is classic horror movie. And I was like, cool. And he's like, this is going to scare the Jesus out of you. And I was like, I'm too good for that. I'm not going to get scared by this. I was not scared by it, but not because I was strong, but because it's about a dog with rabies. <laughs> but, um, I, uh. I watched it with dad's vote of confidence for it in mind. And I was like, this is going to be scary. And then it was about a dog with rabies. And I was like, the fuck? <laughs> like, all I could remember about this movie was them being trapped in the car and the dog attacking the car. And so I really had it in my head that the whole entire movie was them in the car with the dog attacking the car. Uh, so... Originally, that's, like, where it was. But after having read the book, 
the book made it more enjoyable. Okay. So you enjoyed the story. Yeah. With the yeah. book's help. I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed all the things that they didn't put in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> now, okay, you guys gotta know this about me. I love puppy dogs. Like, my honest to goodness dream would be to own a dog kennel. Like, I would love... No, not kennel. Kennel would be fine, too. But a doggy daycare. <laughs> I would just get so attached to the dogs if they were in a kennel and they were with me for, like, a week. And, and then would I would adopt say them goodbye. All. Yeah. So a doggy daycare, they come back every day. And I can play with them, and then they go home. So I... Like, it would be my dream to quit teaching and go pl play with dogs all day. But... I don't want to work at a doggy daycare. I'd want to own one. But then I don't want to do the business side of it. So it's like, mm, you can't have both ways. Yeah. But so watching a poor dog just suffer and reading him suffer was not my cup of tea. Like stepping back and trying to put the, the dog hurt mm -hmm. thing aside, mm -hmm. it was a good story. It was well written. Would I read it again or watch the movie again? No. <laughs> but was it a horrible story? No. <laughs> it was a good story. I just would never partake of it again. <laughs> so that's my initial thoughts. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so that's where we're at. Okay. All right. Why did we pick this book? Uh, well, first off, Spooky Season still Stephen King. Still Stephen King. Still Stephen King this spooky season. Say uh, that like 10 times fast. Spooky season Stephen King. Spooky season Stephen King. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> Do it. Spooky season Stephen King. That was what? <laughs> um, well, my... <laughs> Why did I pick her right now? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I don't know how I came up with the like... Forgot misery. I was like, what was before? Secret window. I don't know how I came up with misery, secret window, Cujo, pet cemetery. I know how I came up with pet cemetery. I skipped Carrie. Carrie, you just don't like I don't like Carrie. <laughs> we'll get to that. I was going to say, sorry guys, I'm really spoiling my feelings on Carrie. But, uh, but I know that I wanted to read. This is probably what it was. I wanted to read Cujo because I knew how much I disliked the movie. I also felt like because I knew I disliked the movie that my brain I'm projecting into our future. And I'm like, do I want to save Cujo for later Octobers or do I want to leave Stephen King books that I'm super excited to read? So I kind of I pounded out the ones that I was worried about because oh. Honestly, Kujo and Carrie are the two that I'm like. And I was nervous about Misery just because of your introduction to Stephen King. So. So that's why. Yeah. Although Misery was also like number one. That was like the book I've been wanting to read of his for a really long time. Well, that's why. There we go. It was also, uh, I like that we're getting some classics in there. Mm -hmm. Like he has, you know, other books, but these are like Kujo and Carrie are the classics. <laughs> All right, let's get started. All right, so the book and movie start off different, don't they? Yeah. The movie starts with Cujo. 
Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Running That's into right. Yeah, it starts way like that doesn't even happen in the book for Here's the thing about the book too, guys. Cujo and Carrie are the two Stephen King books that I've read so far that do not have chapters. Oh yeah. So I can't even say this happened in like the fifth or sixth chapter. I can just be like it happened a ways into the book. Uh, All right. So, yeah. So, in the movie, it starts off with Cujo following a rabbit and him kind of... The rabbit goes down in a hole and then Cujo's barking. So, he's a St. Bernard and he's barking and he ends up freaking out some bats and the bats scratch his nose or bite his nose. And that's how he gets rabies. That does happen in the book, but not for a long time. So in the book, we start off with learning about a man who he was a local man in the town and he was a murderer and all this sort of stuff, which we find out Bree did research and he's a. Well, OK, so I did research because. The name was so freaking familiar to me. The name is Franklin Dodd. And I was like, how do I know this name? It has to be a character in a Stephen King book. But like, I couldn't place it. And then when I looked it up, everything clicked and I understood how I knew him. And you guys have now heard me talk about Castle Rock when we talked about Misery, which is one of my favorite TV shows. Freaking love it. If you have not watched it, please go watch it. But he is a character that gets mentioned quite often because he's a serial killer in season one. And then in looking further, because Allie was like, well, what else? I was just like, oh, I know how I know him. Uh, And then I uh, read and he's like a main character of two different books. Or he's like a main character of one book. He's a kind of prominent character in another book. And then he gets mentioned a lot in a bunch of other books, including It, which I also was like, oh, duh, that's probably also how I know him. Mm-hmm. Even though I never put together when I watched Castle Rock right. that connection, probably because after I finished it, I was like, "Woo, good riddance. <laughs> I did it. I'm done. <laughs> All right. So the book then, it starts off, as I was saying, by following Franklin Dodge around. Dodd. Dodd. <laughs> Gosh, you guys. Franklin, it starts by just explaining who Franklin Dodd was. And um, and then it goes and it, it focuses on Tad, who's a little four-year-old. And he sees this these yellow eyes in his closet. And his parents are Donna and Vic. Yeah, I spelled Vic wrong the entire time, so you just have to deal with it. <laughs> that was like Vic's vapor rub. I know, that's why I think I started spelling it like that. And then... It clicked like halfway that that's not how you spell it. But I was like, that was too, too late now. (laughs) So his parents, Donna and Vic come in and there's like nothing in the closet. Right. And he's like, no, there's something in there. And the next night it happens again. And this monster then speaks to Tad. And each night he said he would get closer and closer until he ate him. And it's like, I'm just like, what is happening? This is my introduction to this book. And I'm just like. I'm not quite sure. Especially when she's heard me talk about how it's only about a dog with rabies. Yes. And now there's like a demon. And I'm like, (laughs) what is happening? And in the movie, you looked up and they chose not to do any. Yeah, that was uh, Teague's 
thing, Teague was like, we're going to focus on Cujo. Yeah. They decided to not do the demon, which is funny because as a reader, the supernatural aspects kind of tied in with Stephen King's other books. Like, I think you guys are going to hear me talk about this a lot. And this is also almost why I want to do The Shining sooner. So then you could be like, yes, you're right, Brie. <laughs> or no, Brie, you're crazy. <laughs> but uh, a lot of things like the demon in the closet and like hearing the voices that to me is the shining mm-hmm. in Tad. I have no confirm or deny of that. When we read the shining, hopefully you'll remember to think back on this and be like, okay. you're right or you're wrong. Okay. Awesome. So this happened in the, I think I just said this, this mm-hmm. happened in the movie, just not the, he didn't see the eyes and he mm-hmm. didn't, uh, yeah. Hear the voices, but the closet did freak him out. Uh huh. Yep. Uh huh. And that little kid, man, he can act. Oh my gosh, he was so good. Uh Yes, we'll get to that because I was shocked. But anyways, so you find out there's gonna be super hot summer. They never say this in the movie, but they kind of like have people sweating and stuff like that. And at first, I really thought that actor was just because the Vic actor, <laughs> every time he got out of a car or anytime he saw his back, you just saw a sweat of tea like on his back or tea, a tea of sweat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a sweat of tea. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was implied, but it was never like they mentioned it a lot mm-hmm. in the book. It was like it was over Fourth of July weekend. So it was like the hottest weekend in Maine and all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff. And so. Which is also hilarious because I found out that uh, while filming, it was actually very, very, very cold on set. And so a lot of them, when they look hot, was more makeup than actually them being hot because they were really like, oh, they have to have all this like water sweat on them and they're freezing. Yeah, (laughs) that sucks. Yeah. All right. So Vic and Donna are now having car troubles and they hear about a local mechanic who is Joe. Cam- Joe Cambers. Cambers. Which always confused me because I try to say Chambers because it looks like Chambers without the H. And then I'm like, nope, it's Cambers. Oh, okay. Joe Cambers. And so they went to Joe Cambers and Joe's son, Brett, he greeted them and his dog, Cujo, came out with them. And like we said, Cujo's a St. Bernard and uh, Donna freaked out. She was like... Yeah, in the movie, Donna like ran up and... Pulled Tad away. Whereas in the book, Tad is now forming a connection because, again, I think I think he has to form that connection for the shiny. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, And, like, Tad's getting close to the dog and is like, oh, he's so cute and sweet. And Donna and Vic don't care. Yeah. Well, Vic didn't really care, but it was Donna who was, like, freaking out. In the book? Yeah, he's like, no, he's nice because he... Tad fell over. Oh, yeah. And then Cujo, like, picks him up and helps oh, yeah, him, like, stand up. But also, if a freaking St. Bernard did that to Tyler, how would you feel? Like, picked him up? Yeah. Like, by his clothes? <laughs> you, you, yeah. I would love it. I'd be like, you yeah, have such a cute <laughs> puppy. <laughs> I'm oh siding gosh. with Donna on this one. <laughs> I, I just... I don't think St. Bernards are scary. I've never thought them as one of the scary animals. I think they're big flu. I don't think any dogs are scary. I think a dog trained by the wrong person can yes, be scary. But if you have a But also animals are meant to kill. Right. But like if you animals. have a like 
if you have to pick a vicious, like, like I know it is, I totally a hundred percent agree. It's the trainer, how they're trained, how they're raised. Mm-hmm. But if you have to pick one, you would think like Rottweilers or dogs like that, right? St. Bernard's would not even be near my list. They just seem like goofballs who drool and are lazy. And they seem like the dogs that, you know, take medicine to sick children back in, in the... Excuse you, those are the Huskies. They're St. Bernard's, too. Well, Huskies are the better ones. <laughs> okay, well, they're St. Bernard's, too. Uh, no, well, St. Bernard's are also the biggest dog. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Like, the dog is big enough to pick the child up with its mouth. I guess so. Well, so Donna's freaking out. The thing <laughs> I liked about this, because it was typical 80s movie where as soon as Cujo comes out, it's like the music goes. It's supposed to be spooky music. And remember, at this point in the movie, he had already been bitten. Mm-hmm. So we know are... he has rabies and he's about to yes. start going crazy. Yes. And so but he has not been bitten yet in the book. Mm-hmm. He's just this sweet sweet puppers and i just want to snuggle him so much and so then <laughs> and so uh oh yeah so now we're getting into vic's vic is an advertising agent he works in advertising yeah I don't know he's what he yeah he helps come up with it i don't know what he does he works in advertising his company like his company's biggest client is called sharps cereal and so now in the book we see that sharp cereal has they have this cereal called red rat red zinger berry something or other and i like how the movie does this because the movie you see a commercial with it and everything's fine and they're like nothing is wrong here but then you see what the book shows well you don't see it how the book shows it the book has this whole story where you're following a lady and her kid totally random person yeah don't even no explanation it's just you're following another person i was like oh cool how are they gonna tie in and then i was really confused i was like wait a minute people are throwing up (laughs) (laughs) but so this kid is eating the red zingerberry cereal and she randomly is like, mommy, I don't feel so good. And then just starts nonstop throwing up what looks like blood. And does she die? No. No, she just throws up blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because that's She doesn't right. even throw, throw up blood. It's just red food dye. Yeah, her vomit is just red because yeah. of the cereal she was eating. Yeah. But in the movie, they do like, uh, they show the commercial and his catch line is like, everything's all right or something like that. There's nothing wrong. There's here. nothing wrong here. And then they go to a news article and says, but that's not what he says anymore. Or something yeah. is and, wrong here. A news article <laughs> it goes to the news. OK, well, that's what I meant. <laughs> the news. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of cute how they did that. I, liked, I that. liked how they did it mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. I was just glad because that was something that wasn't pertinent to the story. I mean, for Vic's character, it was. But we didn't need to know the whole entire, like, backstory and everything that was going on with that. Yeah, because so. the book went in huge detail. Yeah. Like, a lot. I was going to say chapters, but you said there's no chapters. There is no chapters. Like, it went pages. I don't know if it was pages. I was listening to it. <laughs> but it went for a long time. <laughs> About the cereal. I, I feel like it was a page. But 
gosh, it felt forever <laughs> about this cereal. Yeah. But then so, it was a lot of details. Yeah. So now basically that's setting up for Vic's character as he's got to fix this. This is his job's issue. And this is where he's going. Yeah. So then the way this book was written to it jumps. There's like five different people. It follows five different groups of people. And it jumps. It takes turn jumping from person to person. Envision Valentine's Day. Or yeah. the movie. The movie. Or, yes. Or another, one, another one. Yeah. Why can't I think of it? There was one before Valentine's Day. I don't know. Oh my gosh. They were so freaking popular. I feel like they were coming out with them like month after month after month after the one before Valentine's Day. They were. But basically, it's everyone's story. That's Love Actually. That's one of my oh, favorite yeah, books. yeah, there you like go. That. That's not the one I was trying to think of, but I'm glad I remembered it. So it's all their stories that are happening at the same time. So he, like, writes them congruently. Mm-hmm. And they're all tied together. Yes. Typically by Cujo, except for this sharp thing is tied to Vic. Yeah. So now we are at the part in the book where Cujo is now chasing the rabbit. And he gets scratched or bit by a bat on the nose. So this happened in the movie, like right off the bat. That's how it started. Like while the credits are like, yeah. going. And in the book, they he, he writes it to where it sounds like Cujo's head is the only thing that can fit in this cave. And that he's really close to getting the rabbit. He's just like inches away. And... All the bats are in there, making it even more difficult for him to try and, like, squeeze on it and to get the rabbit. In the movie, oh, is this, like, a whole child could have fit in there and hung out in that cave. <laughs> Definitely. It was a huge cave. And then the, they got him. And you guys, oh, and the worst part about this book is they write Cujo's parts from Cujo's point of view. So he's, like... He wanted to chase the rabbit and have fun, and then he got bit or hurt, and he's like, ouch, that hurt. <laughs> no. <laughs> he said how he's like, he wanted to go home because he wanted to see his people, but he didn't want to go home because he didn't want them to call him a bad dog because he felt like a bad dog right now because he got injured. I was like, Cucho, <gasps> you poor thing. And all I could think about was Clutch. So my dog, Clutch, you guys... It was actually a year ago, like this week when we're recording. So a year ago, at September, end of August or something like that. And he got bit by a raccoon. And you guys, I was dog house sitting, dog sitting. So I wasn't home. And my mom texts me and is like, so don't freak out. Oh, no, she called me. Don't freak out. He's OK. But Clutch got bit by a raccoon. And I was like, <gasps> immediately, my thoughts go to old yeller. <laughs> Rabies. I'm going to have to shoot my dog and just. Because you have a gun. <laughs> Gotta go buy a gun so I can shoot him. I was just like, I was just like, start sobbing. She's like, no, no, he's okay. And she's like, but, I, you know, should we bring him to the vet? I was like, yes, we have to bring him to the vet. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, you know, he had all his shots and everything. So he didn't have rabies, but we brought him in. And uh, he got bit, like, right through the tail. And his leg got bit. He's just laying here like... He's watching, listening to you. He's, he's like, looking at me Where right the now. hell? <laughs> Why are you telling them my embarrassing story? <laughs> After it happened, all I could think about was uh, Pocahontas and how... Oh, Miko. Miko, like, does not let that pug get away with anything. And he, like, steals all his food and everything. <laughs> I, love, like... <laughs> I love Miko. Miko's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. So, uh, 
Apparently it sounded horrible though. My parents were like, yeah, Clutch just was like yelping and everything. I was like, oh my gosh. But my poor puppy. So you guys, this, this movie just, this book and movie is just horrible. I just. I do not have those. I'm a, I'm an animal lover, but I just, I'm able to, I, maybe it's the filmmaker in me. I don't know, but I just, I'm able to differentiate between them wanting people to feel this way and like me being able to not feel this way. I'm like, there, you are the person that they're writing this for and filming this for. (laughs) You know, I did so good when Cameron and I started dating. I was like, I'm not going to cry in front of him. Like, I, you know, you know how you don't like, you want to be like, sort of like, I don't know. I wanted to be like, I'm, I'm tough. I don't need it. I'm not going to cry in front of my boyfriend type of thing. (laughs) We watched I Am Legend. And when that dog died, I was just like sobbing. And I was like, well. And that's how that went. <laughs> like, give me a movie where a dog dies and I'm just gonna cry the whole time. <laughs> My puppy, so cute. You're such a good boy. Do you wanna say hi to everybody? Here, say say hi. He wanted to give me kisses, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Always sounds disgusting. He doesn't bark unless people get him home. What's funny is, why did he come over to me to kiss me? You don't love you? me! Oh my gosh! You chose her over me! I just went on about how much I love you! Guys, I had to actually snuggle him when we watched the movie last night. Like, I made him jump up in the chair with me, and I just, like, hugged he him. He did not want to snuggle her, though. I got picture proof. Fine. <laughs> <sighs> Looks like he's gonna bite your face. <laughs> he is. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yes. So they they wrote it from Cujo's point of view, and that was like right away. I was like, I hate this book. I liked that. <laughs> I was like, cool. But then I'm also like, but how do you know that's what? Like, you don't know that that's how they're thinking. Like, you know, okay. it made it even sadder. <sighs> and it gets worse, you guys. All right. So now Vic has found out he needs to go away for work to deal with this red dye situation, right? He needs to go to New York for 10 days. All right, Clutch, you're kind of noisy now. I love you, but holy cow. whole podcast is going to be him licking. So Vic has to go away and deal with this red dye situation. So he has to go to New York for 10 days. And, uh, and that's all we heard about him for a while. So that was where Vic's part ended in the book but that kind of it was like a whole in the movies they like mostly followed Vic and Donna yeah and Tad yeah whereas in the book they divided he divided it really like very well between all the characters yeah there wasn't you did not feel like there was a main character yes so now we go to in the book we go to an old war vet who his name is Gary and he's really grumpy but he's a neighbor of Joe Camber and, but he loves Cujo. He lets Cujo come over all the time. And Cujo came over and he was petting Cujo and he was giving him snacks. But then uh, Cujo didn't eat the snacks and Cujo growled at him, which he was very like shocked about. He's like, Cujo, you've never growled at me before. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it jumps to Cujo's point of view and Cujo said said Cujo thought like he felt bad for growling at the guy but he just really didn't feel very good and he didn't know why and he just felt bad 
And I was just like, you poor thing. <laughs> You're going to hear this the whole time. I didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> cut it all out. <laughs> no, we had to hear about Johnny the whole last episode. You have to hear about my love for puppers. Hey. And that didn't happen in the movie at all. Movie. No, no. All right, here's a big, huge difference. This is the biggest difference besides one other that I was like, did not like at all. So this was just weird. Yeah, it was super weird. So Donna tr- drops uh, Tad off at um, his summer camp or whatever. And there's no, his... it's not summer camp. It's like his preschool, like half day thing. But it's during the summertime. Yeah, it's like his like trial for preschool oh, okay. or whatever. Okay. It's to get him ready for preschool. Okay. Which is why I thought it was weird that it was camp in the movie. That's right. Too. It was a camp in the movie. Okay. Um, and she comes home to find this guy named Steve in her house. Steve Kemp. And apparently we find out that Steve was someone that Donna cheated on Vic with. And she's just like, you need to leave. You need to get out. And he, she's trying to end it with him. Uh, he started assaulting her and she like, you need to leave now. And, uh, after putting up a fight, he finally left. And this did not happen at all how it happened in the yeah. book. In, in the movie, uh, Steve. So in the book too, Steve is a furnishing. He works on furniture. Mm-hmm. And so he, the guise of their relationship in the book is she kept taking like the dresser to go get fixed and the table to go get furnished and like, oh, we want this to be prettier. And that's how she kept getting a way to go and see him apart from her main excuse for cheating. But, uh, so he, in the movie comes and he's bringing, uh, why did he bring a carousel horse? It was like his rocking horse, I thought. Oh, but it was no. You're right. It was like a weird it looked horse. like a carousel horse, and he was like, "Here you go, Tad." <laughs> like, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, um, and Vic knows Steve, whereas in the book, Vic has no idea who the heck Steve is. Yeah, when he finds out about Steve, but there's no relationship there. And in the movie, at first, I was like, maybe he's just like the town furnisher, furnisher. Maybe that's the word. I don't know. Uh, and so that's how he knows because, again, a lot of Stephen King's books I feel like are just small town. Mm-hmm. I think it also has something to do with sometimes how other characters get mentioned. So then I'm like, yeah, it's a small town. But anyway, right. um, so that's kind of what I thought it was. But then the next scene is Vic and Steve playing tennis together. <laughs> yeah, it was like they were like good buddies. Best friends. It was so weird. I was like, that's not right. Yeah. yeah. At all. No, not at all. And then in the book, so she's already ended it here in the book. In the movie, uh, a whole other scene passes. What happens in between that? Uh, quite a bit happens, actually. Yeah. But in the movie, how Donna ends it with Steve is she goes over to Steve's house and Steve takes it totally fine. He's like, well, if that's what you want. But then she leaves his house and he gets dressed angrily 
because he's been laying around naked. <laughs> he gets dressed angrily and runs out the door to uh, chase after her to be like, what the heck? We're not ending this. Of course, we don't see that because then we go and we're following Vic and Vic's driving by and he sees them on the side of the road as he's driving by. And this is how he finds out about his wife's. This is how he starts assuming, and then he yeah. finds out later, later in an even more stupid way. Yes, we'll get to that. Um. Okay. So then, now we follow this woman named Charity, who is Joe's wife, and Joe's the mechanic, and uh, we find out all this backstory about Joe and Charity and Brett and. Joe is abusive. He like beats them and he's verbally and physically abusive. And uh, we find out that Charity has just won a lotto ticket and she is hoping to make a trade to be able to take Brett to go see her sisters, sister, <laughs> and uh, she will let joe take brett hunting with him because she's never let joe go or brett go hunting with joe because she's freaked out about drunk guys with guns around her son mm -hmm. who are already abusive. understandably so yes and so but she's been wanting to go see her sister for years and years and joe has just not let her and she wants her kid to meet yeah like her kid doesn't even know mm -hmm. her sister and stuff and so um None of this happens. Well, it happens where Charity says, I have a lotto ticket and I'm really hoping to take my kid to go see my sister. Mm -hmm. And she bought him a fancy thing for, for his car shop. mechanics. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't either. Here, hold on. Which is what he did in the, she did that in the movie or the book too. Okay. A chain fall. All right. Whatever the heck a chain fall is. <laughs> we looked it up for you guys. Looked it up from the book. Yes. We didn't look up what it actually was. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that's what it was in the movie either. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and that's how she convinced him to let her take Brett. Yeah. And that's really... We see them one more time, but that's... We follow them throughout the whole book, but in mm -hmm. the movie, we're pretty much almost done with them. Yeah. All right. So then in the book, we, this is probably when it was in the movie too. We jump to Steve and he is pissed. Oh no, this is way later. He is pissed that he was dumped by Donna yeah. and he, he wrote Vic a letter and he explained cheating on how he and Donna had sex and all this sort of stuff and all these details that only someone who would have cheated with would know. And, um, I'm going to read it, but it's a little too vulgar. It's a little too <laughs> vulgar. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Nope. No, we cannot read it to you. It's on page 66 of Cujo. If you would like to go and read it. <laughs> yes. Inappropriate. Um, and then he mailed it off. But he didn't mail it to their house because he knew that Donna would be able to see it. He mailed it off to Vic's workplace. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was all in the book. That was not in the movie because, like we said, they found out she was he was cheating another way. Vic finds out that Donna's cheating on him just because he's, like, gotten inklings of things. Because, like, because of the scene where he sees them on the road 
But when he like turned back to go back by them, they weren't there. So he was like, oh, maybe I'm making it up. Uh, when he first came to drop off the weird horse thing, just like his interaction with Donna kind of like made him. He sat there in the doorway watching Steve and Donna and was kind of like, huh. And then there's a scene where Steve comes to the house mm-hmm. again. Because he's pissed at Donna. Because he's mad at Donna for breaking things off. And he basically like... And at this point, Vic is not home. Yeah, Vic is not home. So Steve comes in and basically just starts sexually assaulting Donna and is like kissing her when she doesn't want to be kissed and pushing himself onto her. And so she starts to like push him away and she had been getting herself or no, she had been starting to make breakfast for her and Tad. And so the kid comes down, which stops Steve and she spills the eggs that she's working on. And then, Oh no, Vic comes in. Vic went, I got off work early and he picked Tad up from the daycare oh. thing. Yep, that's it. So yeah, so Tad was not there, but then Tad, Tad runs up. in and that's what stopped it. But she, yeah, she knocks stuff off and so she's cleaning it up. And mm-hmm. then Vic comes in and Steve leaves and it's all awkward. And she goes to clean it up. <laughs> all that Vic asks is yes or no. <laughs> and she like she stops <laughs> wiping up the mess and she turns and looks at him and goes yes <laughs> and that's the whole reveal scene <laughs> whereas it was I should just start asking people yes or no yes, see, what see what they say, say. <laughs> just go up to random people yes or yes no, no. alright so that was in the movie movie so now in the book where, where Donna is having issues with her car, which actually also happened in mm-hmm. the movie, too. And it actually happened right now. So yeah. in the movie, it happens after Vic already knows that she's cheating. And he's out there angrily fixing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's pretty mean to Tad. Which never. Tad is there helping him. And that just doesn't happen in the book. In the book, Vic is insanely nice to Tad. Yes, super cute. And so... He's like, I can't fix this, you know, just take it to Joe. And and, uh, in the book, Donna's like, I don't like Joe. You know, I don't like how he looked at me. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll take it to Joe. So now Tad is nervous for Vic to travel because, oh, at this point, uh, he has come up with monster words, which are words that they say every night to keep the monster away and out of the closet. And they say it every night and... Tad's like, you can't go away for work. Who's going to say the monster words? And Brie will read you the monster words right now. (laughs) Thank you for talking until I found it. Yep. The monster words for Tad. Monsters, stay out of this room. You have no business here. No monsters under Tad's bed. You can't fit under there. No monsters hiding in Tad's closet. It's too small in there. No monsters outside of Tad's window. You can't hold on out there. No vampires, no werewolves, no things that bite. You have no business here. Nothing will touch Tad or hurt Tad all this night. You have no business here. Clearly Vic was not an author. No. <laughs> I also was hoping that he would, like, make it rhyme. I know. <laughs> it really like, bothered me when I'm it like, did dude, it. what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, so then uh, 
he's like, I'm going to write down, I'll write down the monster words for you and I'll pin them up. Which, so that mom can read them to you every night. Yes, which all of this happened in the movie, too. And I like that they actually read the monster words. Except in the movie, in the book, he says, well, pin it up right next to your bed so that you can read them before bed. In the movie, he puts it on the closet door. <laughs> it's like a, a warding away. <laughs> ah, you won't come out of there. <laughs> so now we're back to Charity and Brett in the book. And they are about to go on vacation. Oh, and this is when they get the gift for Joe. Mm -hmm. and the chain fall. Yes. And we find out that she won $5,000, which back in 80, whatever, that Here, let's seems like a lot. Look this up because it's actually probably way more now. Uh, guess how much it would be today? $10,000. 20. Mm. Lower. 18. Closer? 17. $17,000 wow. in today's money. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Could you imagine? I freaking wish. I know, right? But then when you think lotto, you think like way more. But still, yeah. $17,000. $17,000 is still a ton Gosh, of money. That'd be so nice. So yeah, so she won $5,000, equivalent of $17,000 today. Two guys come to get their car fixed at Joe's shop and... Cujo's there and now he's really getting mean and and like they get out and they're trying to call for Joe but Joe can't hear them and is too far away and so they start calling for Joe but then Cujo comes around the corner and at first they're like oh hey look there's that nice dog and then he starts like and they're like ha just kidding goodbye yep and they get in their car and they like dip out so that's the first like kind of like spooky moment that you're like oh someone's gonna die <laughs> and then they don't die <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Which, again, that didn't happen in the movie. Really? No. No, this movie, like, did not hardly... <laughs> there were a few times where I thought he was going to kill someone before he was supposed to, and I was like, whoa, they're going way off. And then he didn't, and I was like, oh, they tricked me. <laughs> All right, so now we are at the part where Vic gets the letter about Donna cheating. Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. does not at all happen in the movie. No, like, we, we already explained how he found out in the movie. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, we already did it, Bria. <laughs> no, so he was just, it was really sad. He found out, he would like read it at work, and then he left and he told Donna, he's like, I'm going to be late tonight. And he went to the park and he just cried. Mm hmm. Felt really bad for him. I know. And he just didn't know what to do. I mean, I don't blame him. I know. I can't talk from experience. I cannot. Why am I? I know. I'm like, I was going to be like, yeah, I don't know what I would do in his shoes, but I know, I know exactly what I would have done, but it's because I've never been with someone long enough for me to know how that would be. Right. I mean, we can always say uh, we know what we would do. Yeah. But I guess until you're in those shoes, you don't know. No. But. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt bad for him. I do think whenever someone finds out that their significant other is cheating on them, that's where their brain goes I to. I know, but well, I don't want to read all that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as he's sitting there sad and depressed, Charity then, whole other household, Charity is now talking to Joe, and they're discussing um, about going to see his or her sister, mm -hmm. which has already happened in the book or movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Already they're happened. already gone. Oh wait. No, we haven't said bye yet because we haven't gotten there in the movie. Yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten to the. the... Gosh. 
I swear. <laughs> I will never do it right, you guys. No, you won't. <laughs> Anyways. So this really shows what a jerk Joe is. He wasn't super rude in the movie, though. I mean, he was, but he wasn't. Can we find out what a pain in the butt he is? He's, oh. like, calling her names. Allie and... cussed in her notes. <laughs> I did. I said a bad word, you guys. Joe is an ass. <laughs> he was! He's so mean! And uh, in the movie, he wasn't super. I mean, he was, but he was not, like, in the book. Um, so, but it's sh- it was actually kind of cool, because it showed Charity standing up for herself. No, you cannot lick my foot right now. I'm so sorry. I know, you're so bad. That boy. No! <laughs> Go! Come here. Um... I liked seeing her stand up for herself because it, it shared how she, like, never stood up for herself and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had no feelings on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joe agrees to let her take Brett, which he did in the movie, too. So now it jumps back to Vic, and he then comes home, and he has a discussion about why she cheated on him. About why Donna cheated on him, yes. Yes, sorry. Mm-hmm. That did not happen in the movie. It didn't at all. And her no. reasoning was so stupid. Maybe that's why it didn't happen in the movie. That's probably exactly why it didn't happen in the movie, because the reasoning was just... Reasoning was dumb. What was it? <laughs> did you want it? <laughs> uh, basically, guys, Donna told Vic that she cheated on him because she was getting older, and she could feel that she was getting older, and Steve was the first person who, like paid her any attention and then it made her feel young again like she was being flirted with for the first time all over again and then uh but tad was at home to keep her busy so she like just kept going to the store just because of the flirting but then tad started his pre-k summer school whatever and he was only going for half a day guys like two three hours in the morning and she would go and take him and she would get home and she'd be too lonely because Vic had work and Tad had school and no one needed her. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know what to do. So she found something to do. <laughs> All right. So that then we go to Cujo again. <laughs> Cujo's point of view. And he dreams about hurt hurting Brett. And he's mm-hmm. just like, it's so sad. And he's like. But I like my boy. Why Why do I want to hurt him? Guys, it just makes me sadder every time. And now I'm reliving it because I have to talk to you about it. <laughs> How dare they? How dare you? Why? And so now uh, Joe goes over to Gary's house. Remember the old war vet? And they start talking about going to Boston while Charity and uh, Brett are gone. This did happen in the movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Cujo's there in the movie. Yeah, and they did the same scene where Brett or Joe was like said something or no Gary said something and Joe joked and he's like careful I'll send my big dog on ya, mm-hmm. and they said ah you know Cujo wouldn't hurt a fly or he wouldn't I've never seen that dog growl or something like that yeah except for we haven't talked about how in the movie apart from the fact that uh, Cujo got bit on the nose and now he has this huge like gaping wound on his nose in the movie oh yeah. He also, like, 
has like mucus not all over its face. He's like gross. It's not like foam. It's not like rabies foam. It's like you know when you get like sick and your eyes kind of like get mucusy, mm-hmm. especially animals when yeah. like dogs' eyes get mucusy. Mm-hmm. But it's like running down his face. It's so and, like, gross. It just looks like <laughs> snot all over him. And yeah. we looked up rabies dogs, and that's this is not, not what, what it they looks look like. like. It's just yuck. And um. But yeah, there's this gaping wound on his nose, which I imagine in the book it was just like a is a yeah. bat bite. It was super because small. with how big it was in the movie, people would know. But also in the movie, if you don't do it that big, no one's gonna think that there's anything wrong. I guess like audience wise. Yeah, that's true. All right. So the day that uh, Brett and Charity are leaving, he woke up. Brett woke up super early because he was excited, and he walks around outside, and it's like super foggy. You know, morning fog out, even though it's like summertime. That never occurred to me. Until just now. Until just now. Yeah. What? That's freaking weird. It was like foggy, like, you know, in fall or winter. <laughs> or morning. when there's smoke outside. Yes. <laughs> but it was like, this is like the hottest days of summer. And it's yeah, well, that's weird. That is well, weird. Well, the only... Well, it is Maine. And I don't know I what it's I like know. in Maine. Yeah. But early hours, maybe. Maybe. But that's weird. So, okay, so in Brett and Cujo run into each other a little bit. Brett sees him and Cujo's foaming at the mouth. And when Cujo hears the boy's voice, it calms him down. Like Cujo is growling at him because he's like, oh, there's noise over there. And it's that's that's what made me hurt. That's what made me feel sick. But then he's like, oh, wait, no, I know that voice. And he kind of calmed down. But then he ran away. Brett wanted to tell his dad, but he was really worried that that would stop their trip. That would be the excuse. Yeah, but he knows that he's sick. In the book, he uh, he tells his mom. Probably a little bit later. A little bit, yeah. But uh, he tells his mom, and it's like, I think Cujo's sick. Like, something's wrong with Cujo. And so, like, he doesn't know exactly what it is in the book, but he knows that something's up with his dog. In the movie, Brett ran right into his mom and went, Mom, Cujo's got rabies! <laughs> And his mom's just like, ah, don't worry about it. Your dad will take care of him. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I literally, as I was watching it last night, I was like, Charity, what? (laughs) I missed that part. I was so confused. I was like, Charity's not, like, if my kid ran into me and was like, the dog's got rabies. I would be like, oh, my God, we need to go take it to the vet. Like, we'll leave after that. She (laughs) clearly has her priorities like, in check. Oh, yes. My gosh. So they're off to the bus station because they're going to take the Greyhound to... Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. So they're going to take the bus to Connecticut. And Brett really wants to tell his dad about Cujo. We just talked about this in the movie. He already did this. He told his mom. And Charity says, like, no, 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 it's okay. And the same thing. She's like, no, we'll just call dad when we're down there. And you, we can be like, oh, did you feed Cujo? And... It'll remind him to go check on Cujo. Mm-hmm. But I really did like this. The chapter or that section mm-hmm. of ended. Oh, because there's no chapters, but there's like page breaks in between each character's thing. Yeah. So like you get just like an indentation and the next paragraph starts. Yeah. So their indentation. Uh, whatever. Yeah. So their break happened and it ended with. That is the last time Brett ever saw his dad. Ever. Al- ever saw his dad alive. And it's like, I was just like, 
uh, what? <laughs> so it's like, I just really love that Stephen King does that. He, like, he did it with, uh, Misery, and he's like, the guy had, I, who had two thumbs, and you're like, what? Are you, what, you, what happened? And he just, like, he does flash forwards. Well, he did it before, I was surprised, since you mentioned it here, he did it to, I want to say it was with Gary. The end of his page break. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was like, this is the last time you'll see him alive. <laughs> Damn, dude, cold-blooded. <laughs> Don't even care. Well, speaking of Gary, here his story comes up, and we're about oh, to... Oh, this is probably when he does yes. We're about to say goodbye to him. And uh, Cujo comes over, and Gary recognizes rabies immediately like he he saw it when he was uh in war and everything like this and so Cujo could smell the fear he smelled the fear on Gary and and he, the fear because of his rabies made him want to attack even more right because he's like ooh, that smells good no <laughs> that's how I read it <laughs> no he said that he thought the fear was the one who's like oh he that's who made me sick oh that guy it's it's him like the, the fear made him smell i read that because i was like poor dog <laughs> me i'm like he's got the scent for it because then it just went on to the next one and i was like right because he trying, just wants to keep killing he's the trying to figure out right. who made him feel so sick and everyone the stupid fucking bad well like, he didn't know that He's the one that got bit by the bat. He well, has rabies. It's a brain disease. Mm, yeah. Well. He's also a dog. He's a cold-blooded killer <laughs> is what he is. <laughs> so so then it just talks about how this is how Gary dies, basically. Kuja's attacks him, and he bites his leg, and, like, he's trying to run away, and Kujo busts through the screen door and just, like, eats his throat. There's your gore warning. Sorry. <laughs> Just bust through the door and eats his throat. And so, like, yeah, so he, he ends up dying. And I actually, I felt bad because I was like, he was only ever nice to Cujo. Like, he was a good guy. And I kind of like, like, he was the grumpy old vet that most people didn't like. But he was nice for when we watched or read about him. But <laughs> in the him. movie, he freaking sucked. He was a jerk the whole time. Like, in the, in the book, you, I kind of read it as... Oh, he recognized it was rabies, and he's like, okay, he's, like, calm, and he's like, it's okay, Cujo, and, like, just, you know, like, what you would do to, like, calm a, like, a bear okay. or something, like, Can I ask okay. you a question? Yeah. If he acted like that, do you think he would have been able to smell the fear? Yeah, because your, your, my heart would still be pounding, wouldn't yours? If you're, like, okay, there's a bear in front of you, and you're, like, Okay, it's okay, you know, just slowly backing away. Would your heart still be pounding? Probably, but I think mm, I, I think mean, the it's movie harder was believable. to portray it that way. Yeah, yeah. I think he the movie just made seemed it mean in the movie. I didn't like him. He was just an old dude. He was dumb. <laughs> All right, so now we're getting back to Vic, and he's on his way to New York, and he's like spiraling right now, right? Because he's like. Oh my gosh, I'm leaving Donna, and Donna said this, she'll never sleep with Steve, but now she's all alone in the house, and it's just gonna be her and Tad, and it's so stupid, she has nothing to do, yes. she'll probably go back to him. And he kind of did, he did that in the, uh, 
movie too, but mm-hmm. not on the mm-hmm. plane. It was just yeah. throughout the whole trip. Yeah. Which I mean, he does throughout the whole trip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, throughout the whole entire rest of the book. Yeah. So back to Joe. Joe is calling for Cujo because there is dog poop in his garage and he's not mad because he's like that's just really weird because Cujo doesn't do that he doesn't do that so what's going on so he's calling for Cujo and he can't find him at all and then it did a cute little flashback of how they got little puppy Cujo and he was just with a puppy and it was a trade so he traded a car service for Mm -hmm. a dog instead Mm -hmm. of buying the dog and just and he did it for uh, Brett's sixth birthday, which I think was really sweet. Like, we for reading what a jerk he is, and yeah. he got him a dog. Yeah. That was kind of nice. Well, I feel like he was still an ass when he did it, but... Allie gets so, like, rose-colored glasses when it comes to this dog. She I doesn't even pay attention to anything else. Dog. <laughs> Joe, Joe, like, haggles his way into getting the dog. Yeah. And, like, Joe is Joe when he's doing this and he's like I don't really want a damn dog but my kid like my kid doesn't have a brother or a sister he needs someone else to kind of like beat him around (laughs) but even he ends up like it's like those like memes where it's like dads who didn't want a dog and Mm -hmm. then it's like one year later or whatever and then it's the dog usually with a cat though (laughs) snuggling I guess yeah (laughs) but anyways so that did not happen in the Movie, movie, no. Yeah, we got no. no flashback. No. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I would... You didn't want to see Puppy? The cute little Beethoven puppy? I don't even... Beethoven's not even one of my favorite movies. I, I definitely I have I've, never seen Beethoven. I think I've seen him once. I've never seen it. <laughs> Miss. <laughs> Freaking... Can't stop talking about the damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. You know what it is? Oh. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, Elf on a Shelf. They have uh, they have their own little cute little shows, and then they have special pets that they <laughs> that Santa can send you to. Yeah. So Riley has the reindeer, and Tyler has the dog. Dog, and it's a Saint Bernard. <laughs> it's Lala. It's his dog. It's so cute. Ay, ay, so ay. sweet. Okay. So every Christmas he snuggles a little Saint Bernard. It's so cute. Well, then you gotta watch Beethoven. I guess I do. Maybe. Oh my gosh, you'd probably love it. We'll watch it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Tyler, go get Lala. You're the one cuddling it instead of him. Definitely, what's gonna happen? Oh my gosh. All right, so now Joe goes to Gary's, and he's like, maybe Cujo's over here. And this is when he sees the screen door busted open, and he found uh, more dog poop in the kitchen, and he knew right away. Oh, and he found Gary dead. I was going to say, I was like, you didn't even (laughs) tell that part. (laughs) Yeah, like the most important part. Yeah, there there was a dead guy there, too. (laughs) Who cares? Uh, uh, So he knew right away Cujo had gone rabid. And um, at this point, Cujo was sleeping in the cellar, but all the noises woke him up and he attacks Joe. Mm -hmm. And I like that it never, Stephen King never said 
that he died. All it ended with like, and Cujo attacked his groin or something like that. Well, it's because he already said this is the last time that Brett will ever see Dad alive. Well, I know, <laughs> but I like that it was just like, oh, there you go, that's it. <laughs> and this happened in the movie as well. So now we're at Donna and Tad. And so Vic's already gone. So we're done and Tad and they're out running errands and Vic ended up calling when they got home and they chatted for a little bit. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to take your car to Joe's. And she's like, it's OK, I'll do it. And uh, so she planned on getting a sitter for Tad. But Tad was like, no, no, I want to go. Because in his ha- his four year old mind, he's like, my dad's gone and now my mom's going to leave me. And so he just fought well, to go. The Shining was getting stronger. He could tell that the monster was getting loose. Oh. And so he could tell that the monster words, like, to him, because his dad left, the monster's words words weren't working. And so if his mom left him too, the babysitter wasn't going to be able to say the words. The babysitter wasn't strong enough to keep the monster at bay, so he thought... The monster, ironically, he thought the monster was going to get him if he was left with her. That makes sense. But instead, he went with mom. Yeah. The monster was right there. <laughs> so none of that happened in the movie. Movie. It just shows them taking the car to Joe's. The story mm-hmm. says they packed a snack and like she was going to make it a, like a little fun trip and, uh, so then they get to uh, Joe's, and she gets out, Donna gets out, and then walks around to Tad's side to get him out, which is when we hear Cujo. But in the movie... She gets out on her side, and Cujo's right there. Yeah, and because she's just, like, leaned in, like, because the seatbelt didn't unbuckle. So she's, like, trying to fight to unbuckle Tad's seatbelt, and, like, her door's mm-hmm. open, and her legs are, like, hanging out. Oh, yep. And then all of a sudden you hear Cujo just growling. And quickly she jumps back into the car into the car and he hits the side of the car and their windows were rolled down, right? Because it's freaking 100 degrees out and they're driving and the windows are rolled down. And so she has to like roll up these windows and Tad freaking passes out from fear. <laughs> and... Kuja just keeps trying to get in this car. And then Donna starts honking SOS because she saw Gary's house on the way there. Mm-hmm. Oh, because Joe lives to her. Yeah. Joe lives in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. We didn't say that. Mm-mm. And so most all of that happened in the movie. So far, she didn't do the SOS. She didn't do the SOS. Tad didn't pass out. Instead, this kid deserved a friggin Oscar mm-hmm. because we legit looked up if they scared him. Because of how scared he was, he was acting. like, an I couldn't even act like that. He was unbelievable. It was like I was like, they traumatized the kid. That's what I thought they did. I was like, they didn't tell him this was a movie. They think they they made a real dog attack. This is what is happening, and so we had to look it up. But no, and then we found out that in the close-ups, it's actually a man dressed up in a dog costume attacking. <laughs> yes. They do a good job of hiding. I could not. Yeah, tell. I didn't know at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, nope, this kid is just a good actor. They said, he said, nope, I have no trauma from this movie. And I'm Mm -hmm. just sitting there like... You probably do, but you don't know it. Yeah. (laughs) So in the book and the movie, it just keeps flashing to Vic and 
Roger, who's his business partner, just trying to figure out the new pitch in New York. And it just shows Vic just, like, not focused at all, right? Mm -hmm. He's still thinking about Donna, and he's tried calling her a couple times, and she's just not answering, and he's getting more worried every time. And in the movie, uh, Vic just comes out and tells Roger right off the bat about Donna having an affair, and that doesn't happen in the book. In the book, he kind of... He's being a man, and he's full of pride, and he's like, I can't tell someone else that my wife has been to bed with another man. Yeah. And so, yeah, so then at one point, he's finally like, I just gotta go, and he, like, leaves, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's still a couple days in New York. He's still there for a little bit. In the movie? Mm-hmm. In the movie, it felt like a day. It did. It felt really quick, but... Oh, but I swear, in the movie... It felt like they were trapped in the car for a day when it was actually three days. <laughs> it just happened so quick. It did. Whereas in the book, let me see. Okay, so they get trapped in the car on page 190 out of 392. So literally, there is 292 pages of book with them in a car and Cujo attacking them. And it happens in maybe a half hour in the movie. Yeah, maybe. Flashing back to Donna, she is trying to decide if she should run to the door because she doesn't know if it's unlocked or not. She knows she could... Oh, we didn't say that her car broke down. Oh, duh. No. <laughs> She's trapped in a car because she took her car to Joe Cambers to try and get it fixed. But now yeah. the car won't even start back up. And it pisses me off because she tries calling Joe and she's just, and Vic was like, oh, you know, he just doesn't have a phone in the garage or the shop. He probably just doesn't hear you. So she tries calling him again and the same thing. Well, this is because he's dead already, you guys. And so then she's like, well, I'll just take it to him. Yeah. That's so dumb. No. You just take it to him. That's, yeah. Just stay in your house and don't go anywhere. Small town mentality. Seriously. So then she gets there and her car dies. Yes. I guess that's a, like a huge key part. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And uh, so sh- they're trapped in the car. And so. Uh, so she's trying to decide if she sh- can run to the. It all depends where Cujo is, right? And. She decided to... Tad's like, can you just try the car again? I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I want to see daddy. She's like, okay, I'll try one more time. And she tries it and it turns on. And then she... It moves for like two feet and then dies again. Whereas in the movie, it dies again. Like she... it. She could have got farther than she did, but she had to pause, stop the car, and look at Cujo say fuck you yeah (laughs) and i'm like well that's karma i was just gonna say you can't say fuck you to something if you're not even like kicking its butt or anything right it's just like yeah my car started and then it dies again and i'm like that's what you get and (laughs) (laughs) and so at this point now a phone is ringing in the camber household Mm -hmm. and it freaks Cujo out. Mm-hmm. And he just starts, he's like, 
Yeah, clawing at the door and everything like that. In the movie, he freaking runs away. No, he busts the window open in the. Oh, that's when he did that at the house because the you were looking up facts. Oh, I think you missed this part. Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, like you know, like he's supposed to. She's supposed to try and decide if she can run to this door, if it's unlocked, if it'll work. Throughout, that's like the her big like. Can I do this? Can I do this? Throughout the whole book. And then this dog breaks the window open. <laughs> so even if she does run in, the window's open. So the dog would jump in. Or she could just dive into the window. There oh, was So dumb. there was no battle. Uh, it's dumb. Yeah. Which is why oh, it probably I felt so long. I missed that. Yeah, you were looking <laughs> up the facts during that part. And so I was just like, okay, that happened. And so... We find out that it was Brett trying to call Joe and... Uh, in the book, not in the movie. Yeah. No, we have no idea who called in the movie. I'm assuming it was Vic. Because the next scene, he's hanging up the phone. Oh. Yeah. Which is also stupid, because why is he calling Joe? Right. None of Brett and Charity's scenes. No. Brett, they're out of the movie now. Yeah, they're, they're done. They're done. Yeah. Donna then is realizing, hey, oh my gosh, the mailman's going to come. And then Because she sees... She sees... Uh, piece for a car on top of the mailbox and she's like oh shit this means they're getting mail yes so she's like perfect okay i just have to wait until the mailman gets here yes but all i could think was how is she so confident to think that he's not gonna get killed yes in this situation yeah because mail aren't there like doors like wide open yeah (laughs) i that's all i could think i was like wow she's putting so much trust in this mailman (laughs) and he's like an old guy yeah he was like a sweet old guy (laughs) So then this is in the movie also. Vic woke up with a nightmare. This is book and movie. And that something was trying to get Donna and Tad. Oh, this is when they were doing the stupid spinning scene. I hate guys in movies when they like spin around. And then it just kept going. And then it went faster and faster and faster and faster. Yeah. Yeah. And then Vic woke up. And then Vic woke up from like a nightmare. And in the book, he woke up from a nightmare that something was trying to get Donna and Tad. So it seems like he has The Shining, too. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say this like I know what The Shining I know, is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I when I read it, I at this part, I was like, hey. It just seems like it's like a sixth sense. Like kind of. Is. That's yeah. What yeah, getting. basically. Okay. Yeah. So back to Donna. The car is getting, like, ridiculously hot. She tried to start the car again, but it didn't work. And this is when she notices a baseball bat on Tad's side of the car. This is not the time when people who have a trigger warning need to leave. <laughs> no, she just notices it. Yeah, she's not touching it. Yes. And in the movie, it's on her side of the car. Yeah. Yeah. So not a big difference, except for that's a good, like... She has to get out and run, run and get it. around the car. Yeah. Good rather couple than... seconds. Yeah. Now, Steve has, like, a, in the book, Steve is very, um... He wants to make sure that the note he wrote for Vic is hitting home and hurting him like Donna hurt him. And so he wants to go and check to see if uh, Vic got the note. So... And if he left his wife or if he stayed with his wife. He mm-hmm. wants to know what happened in the aftermath. So he calls his work mm-hmm. and he's like, they said, oh, I'm sorry, he's not here. 
And so he decides to drive to their house. Mm-hmm. And he completely destroys the place. Guys, this happens so late in the movie that I literally, in my notes, went to write that Steve doesn't go to trash the house. And right after I finished writing that, Steve went to trash the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was it hilarious. It happens so flaw. Like, yeah. I really thought they were skipping over yeah. it. So we find out, too, that, that Joe put a pause on his mail mm-hmm. because... He was going to Boston. Yeah, so he's like, oh, I'll pause my mail. You know, I don't ever think of doing that when I go on vacation. I didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so now Donna is like, un- she's like, okay, the mail's not come yet. Like, The mail's not coming. He was smart. He put a pause on his yeah. mail. And so she's trying to talk herself up to running to the door. And, oh, the mail thing did happen in the book, or the movie, too. Yeah. He, they showed him. It was, it was funny. Cute he was going to leave with the mail for that house, and they're like, "Wait, you can't go." Yeah, they put a pause on their mail. <laughs> it was a cute little scene. Uh, so she's trying to talk herself up to running to the door, and then the phone rang again, and slowly this time Cujo walked to the door because he's starting to feel like blech again, and then all of a sudden he freaking runs and bashes into the car. Which yeah. happened in the movie, too. It was, like, quite alarming. Mm-hmm. And... Because well, he's thinking that the lady on the car is who's making all the racket. Yeah. And so then Tad passes out again in the book. Same kid. Yes. I would, too. <laughs> I would just be like, I want to die now. <laughs> and Cujo then strategically lays in front mm-hmm. of the car so that... He can get to her quicker because he's like, she's going to get out of this car at any moment. Yes. And... Donna sees him lay there and is like, okay, gotta pay attention to where Cujo is. <laughs> and so back to Tad, he's getting super thirsty. Naturally, they've been in the car for like two days now. And yeah. he's like freaking dying of thirst. I'm surprised Stephen King didn't go directly to, okay, it's time to drink your pee. I know. <laughs> I was like, well, they, that's because they peed at the first day and they probably had like no fluids in them at all. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You're right. So, uh, now Donna fell asleep because she was so freaking exhausted too. And she woke up and she realized she had no idea where Cujo was because she was supposed to stay awake and keep watch to see if he moved from in front of the car and she fell asleep. So she doesn't know. So she decides, okay, I'm going to run to the house to try and use the phone. But when she gets out, the door's jammed because freaking Cujo bashed the crap out of it and when she opens it, she falls out. So as like I'm listening, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's about to eat her. And uh, she hops back in and then she slowly gets out of the car. And Cujo hears her. So then it jumps to Cujo's point of view. And it's like, he heard her get out and he's just going to wait for her. He waited until he saw all of her. because he's like, was... she's testing to see if I'll come out first, yep. but I won't. I'm going to wait for her to come all the way out. Because I'm a smart dog and it's her fault I'm sick, so I'm going to eat her up. And so Donna then is like, okay, I'm going to start tossing stones in front of the car to see if Cujo's still there. And she's like, hears them clink, clink to the ground. But one, she doesn't hear clink to the ground. That would have been my sign to get back in the car. Mm-hmm. But she's like, no, 
I'm just I'm just hearing things, you know. This was yeah. the whole point of this was yeah. to hear if it, and she just is like, whatever. Well, let me see. So she deserves what check. she's about to get. <laughs> Cause she's dumb. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so Cujo, she's she's like uh decides to start walking and they finally lock eyes and then Cujo just jumps at her. And she tries to open the door, but it's freaking still bashed in, so it wouldn't open. Right? It's the car door, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, finally she gets it open. But at this point, Cujo's on top of her. He full on went in the car in the... In the movie, It was actually quite terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) This is also when the kid should have won an Oscar. (laughs) Yes, because he was screaming. Oh my gosh. He had like crocodile tears coming out of his eyeballs too. Yes. They could have put fake tears on him, but... It, from the sounds of it, it didn't sound like no, it. No, he did really good. Um, so Cujo's like gnawing at her. He bit her stomach. He bites her leg, and is just like eating her. He's really not. He just bit her, <laughs> and <Yeah>. then <laughs> fine. Oh yeah, and she starts like. So they didn't do this in the movie, but you read that they didn't show really people them hurting Cujo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because people don't like to see dogs get hurt, even if they're violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, I agree. But in the book, she starts, uh, here's a gore warning, I guess, another one, a pet of animal gore warning. She starts smashing Cujo's head in the door. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just shutting the door over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And finally, he just, like, limps off. Like, I was mightily impressed that he did not die right there. But he's such a big dog. I guess, but... Freaking getting your head smashed in a door? Yeah. I would die. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not a big dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so then she shuts the door and everything, and she's inside now, like, tending to her wounds. And she just realized, I just got bit, and I have rabies now. <gasps> oh, perfect point. To, time to tell you. <laughs> okay, you guys. So I listen to Office Ladies, right? <laughs> and uh, they, the there's an episode of The Office where, like, they do a fun run for rabies cures or whatever, which everyone's like, that's stupid. There's already a cure, but <laughs> whole different episode. Um, so the office ladies do like deep dives on things and they deep dive dived on rabies. And so did you know that if you get bit and you start showing symptoms, there's a hundred percent chance you're going to die. What? Yes. Like you have to get it treated before you show symptoms. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't that insane? And uh, what else did they say? Oh, that if you wake up and there's a bat in your room, assume you've been bitten because they can bite you and not wake you up. Ah. And bats are the number one carriers of rabies. I'm telling you all this to save your lives, you guys. That's insane. Right? And if you see it, like, if you're, like, an older person or a kid or someone who's unable to tell you if they've been bitten, assume they have and take them to the hospital. Wow. Is this just, like, intense? Yeah. Now I'm terrified of bats. I always thought well, they were cute little creatures, and now it's like... I've always been afraid of bats, because there was this one time, we had a family friend who lived out in Purdy, and he was... We were doing something at his house. I can't remember he was moving out of the house, or if he was just chopping down trees in his backyard or something, but it was him and my dad and me, and him and my dad were outside, and I was inside 
being the nerd that I am, and I was reading a book on the couch, and he had a, like, stove fireplace that, like, the couch was here, and the stove fireplace was right at the end of the couch. And how I was laying, I was, like, laying on my stomach reading with my head closest to the fireplace, and I kept seeing something move in there, and I was like, the hell is that? And I, like, I would stop reading, and I would stare at it, and stare at it and I wouldn't see anything move and I was like oh my eyes are playing tricks on me and then I'd start reading and then I would see something move again so finally I just like sat there and stared at it for like 20 minutes because I was like something's moving in there I can see it and then I realized I was like oh my god I think it's a bat and so I sat there and I like I saw it like moved its arm and did a weird little thing and I was like oh my god there's a bat in the fireplace and like it's trapped in the fireplace so it shouldn't freak me out but the fact that it's in the house next to right. me freaks me out so i like i run outside I'm like dad dad duke duke there's a bat in your fireplace and they're like no there's not you're crazy and i was like there's a bat in your oh my gosh so they come in duke opens it freaking bat flies out into his house oh my gosh yeah so we had to deal with trying to get it out i just freaked out they ran away don't get bit it. by rabies <laughs> well i didn't know this at this point oh but yeah gosh. so i've always hated bats i always remember going to ocean shores and our campground they would fly over us and it was always fun to watch them <laughs> and now knowing this i'd be like everybody get in the Stay tent away. now <laughs> zip it up ain't nobody dying of rabies <laughs> that's insane anyways so back to the story so vic is now freaking petrified in the book he's already i mean he's nervous in the movie too but he pretty much is just left already right would you say yeah <laughs> he's pretty yeah. much gone and so yeah. in the book he's like finally like last straw he's like oh my gosh and roger is convinces him to go check on like call the cops to check on her and so the police uh there was a policeman that went out to vic's house and he called in the mess that he found by left by Steve and uh so the police called Vic back and they explained what they found and Vic then told them about Steve and this is how Roger finds out that Donna cheated on Vic yeah because they're in the same room and he just has yeah. to say it. and he's like well I can't not tell the cops about Steve yeah and so that's when he goes on a plane to get home and Roger wanted to go with him, but he's like, no, no, you stay and finish the pitch. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, he doesn't even call the cops. He just leaves. He just <laughs> leaves. And I don't even Roger know. was trying to convince him not to go. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, my wife cheated on me. I got to go. Yeah. And he's like, no, we need to do the pitch. <laughs> what are we going to do without the pitch? Yeah. But I mean, it makes sense because he doesn't know that his house was all busted up. Yeah. Torn up, ripped to shreds. Because yeah. Roger in the mo in the book was kind of the same way until he found out that, that Donna and Tad... wasn't sure what was going on with Donna and Tad. The house was all busted up, and Donna had been cheating on him. Yeah. So then he was like, "Okay, yeah, go. Maybe yeah. I should go with you." Yeah. And so uh, he's like, "You need someone in your corner in case things are south for you." Right. And he's like, "No, we need a job." <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so Donna and Tad are now freaking starving. Thank you, sir. Can you lay down? He's like, this is the most attention you've ever given me. <laughs> Normally, you ignore me. You say you love me so much, but you don't. 
pausing for puppy snuggles. This book just makes you want to snuggle a dog. Oh, dang. Even though it's a dog eating people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is like day three now. Donna and Tad are freaking starving. They ate all their snacks and they just don't know when life is going to get better. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so Tad now starts having seizures. Yeah. And I have seizures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to mention that in our bonus episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a picture of... Do you remember when I had to do the... <laughs> in yeah. the hospital? Yeah. I had to do, like, an EEG overnight thing. And Brie came and she watched Friends with me. <laughs> oh. Yes. And we just sat there watching Friends in the hospital. And it was really funny because if I, like, squinted my eyes, you, they had the brain monitor and it go... It go... <laughs> like, if you just do facial... Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun with that. I mean, it was really annoying because I had things taped to my head. But... Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Super fun. <laughs> so don't do what Donna did. Yeah. When yeah. Uh, Tad started having a seizure, she put his her finger in his mouth to pull out his tongue. And she he freaking bit her finger super bad. Yeah. Well, aren't you also not supposed to touch someone who's seizing? You can touch them to move them to where their head is safe. Oh, okay. So, like, if they're... Like, if I'm, like, laying next to the dresser and I keep banging my head in the dresser, you can move me. Okay. But if I'm in a safe place, just, just don't them. touch. Yes. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Like, don't put anything in their mouths and stuff like this. I mean, you can turn their head, like, if they start... Like, because you don't want them to choke on their vomit or their tongue and stuff. But you yeah. don't put things in their mouths. Yep. I don't know. I've heard mixed things about turning them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would just, I would look it up, you guys. <laughs> I never have to deal with the what to do's. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just, just doing. I'm just doing. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can figure it out for me. <laughs> I said, I was like, when Tad started having a seizure, I was like, they look freaking scary. Because all I think is like when I wake up and people are terrified. Like I remember when you guys, you were staring at me like I was like some psycho. Oh, girl. The first time Cameron saw me have one, he was poking around from like the corner of a wall. And it was like, it's the scariest fucking thing. <sighs> like I, oh, the first one I saw, I was like, holy shit, what is going on? <laughs> and then honestly, I just wake up. And Especially I'm like, you like... You make weird noises. <laughs> Just me or all seizure people? <laughs> I mean, Tad was kind of doing it too, but you like, I swear, it sounded like the freaking exorcist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so terrifying. Huh? Yeah. That's so funny. Though. Especially, you did it once when we were literally in the middle of a conversation and I was like talking to you and you were responding back. And you're like, yeah, so then. <laughs> So I was like, I just thought you were trying to say something. I was like, yeah. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh. I was like, she's not looking at me. She's not talking. She's not. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. No. Yeah. I just wake up and then I feel extremely nauseous. So then I go to the bathroom and throw up and then I'm like, oh, I had a seizure. <laughs> that's, that's how I know. If I wake up and feel sick, I'm like, oh, I had a seizure. Like, that's the only thing. Like, I don't hurt. I don't feel... I just feel nauseous. Well, the only time I hurt was I almost bit my tongue off once, and that was pretty horrible. Jeez, when? Yeah. It, I don't remember, but it was like I had these huge welts on the side of my tongue. Oh, 
So I didn't almost bite it off. It wasn't like hanging there yeah. or anything, but it was like. You bit it really good. Oh my gosh, there were welts there for weeks. It hurt so bad. <laughs> I was like, this is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> but Ugh. no, I'm on medication and I am, I'm good. Yes, the last one I had was when I was pregnant. Anyways, that was a whole tangent. Yeah, all about Tad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this part, Donna did like a typical mother thing. Her kid is seizing, so she's like only like, oh my gosh, I need to save my kid. He's choking Mm -hmm. on his tongue, so she opens the door to try and like pull him out or run around to him. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was pull him out. Okay, and like try and save him. And then, of course, Cujo jumps at the door, and she luckily mm-hmm. shuts it in time this time. And um, that didn't happen in the... Movie. No. No. He, no. She but this kinda... is when Cujo starts, like, jumping on the car and stuff. Yeah, jumping on top of the yeah. car and, like, scratching the windows and all that sort of stuff. hmm So now Vic's home in both book and movie, and he's talking with the police. And he's trying to figure out where the heck Donna is. And he's like, Steve has her. Steve has her. He has to have her. Mm-hmm. And then the police are like. This happens where... in the movie-ish. Yeah. They're like, well, where's where's her car? car? Like, if he has her, he wouldn't have taken her car because then where's his car? Like, so yeah. it was like, that was like the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Hi, Clutch. How are you? <laughs> Oh, you got me right on the lips that time. <laughs> so we're back with uh, Mason, who is who is the uh, head police officer, sends off one of his deputies to go check Joe's house because uh, Vic was like, she was going to take her car to, to uh, Joe's. And that's probably where it is. And so he's like, OK, fine, we'll go check. And, um, he told him to call in if Joe, Donna, or the car, or whatever is there. And then they also grabbed Steve. And so they grabbed Steve in the movie as well, and they sent a cop over, too. So Tad is, like, seriously about to die of dehydration in the car. Mm -hmm. The book, I meant. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, we know they're in the car. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so yeah, then so uh, but Cujo is sleeping, and then all of a sudden he hears a car coming, and who is it? Bannerman. Bannerman. The cop. Yes, the deputy. And Donna at this point is super excited because she sees the cop and is like, "Oh my gosh, this is our chance. We're gonna be freed." I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> oh my god, you jumped so high. Breeze <laughs> watch just talking to her. Oh my gosh, that was so scary. <laughs> watch pick up at the worst possible times <laughs> oh my gosh what i was going to say before my watch interrupted <laughs> uh donna at this point in the movie is asleep and so she doesn't even notice that the cop is there oh yeah that's so weird and then the cop in the movie is some old guy when it's it, supposed to be a young rookie yeah a rookie and like they talk about how he's married with like Two, two kids. kids, and he's so young, and he's so excited to get home to his kids. Yeah, and it's some old guy. So, uh, 
Bannerman, the deputy, is shocked. He sees the car. He's like, oh my gosh. And so he gets out to go check on the car. And now Cujo blames Bannerman for all his pain. He's like, oh my gosh, that car's making noise. And that means that man is the reason I'm hurt. So, of course, what's Cujo do? Kill him. Yes. <laughs> Get to the point. Yep. He kills him. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> I don't know. That was about it. <laughs> Like, he attacks Cujo, like, the, he goes to get his gun, and it falls out of his hand, and just all this horrible stuff. Yeah. Donna tries to help him by opening the car door and distracting Cujo. But Cujo is too excited to be ripping this guy into shreds. Yeah. And so, well, she it worked for a second, and then Cujo noticed him again. Yeah. Like, he's crawling to oh, the yeah, car. yeah, he was able to get there. Yep, but then. But then he eats him. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so sad for them. I was like, oh, so close. But then I was like, okay, but what you need to do is get your kid and run to the cop car and get in there and drive off. <gasps> that would have been so smart. I didn't even think of that. That's all I could think. I was like, you have another car there now. What? She's so stupid. Yeah. Why yeah. would she, as me, who didn't <laughs> think of that, do? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of. I was like, great, she's going to try this, but something's going to happen and Cooch is going to stop her. And I was like. She didn't fucking try. <laughs> she didn't. Oh, my gosh. So, Tad has another seizure. <laughs> cool. Poor kid. I guess I had, like, three on my very first time, too. Mason, the chief, tries calling Bannerman, but there's no answer. So, he's like, oh, well, this it dude must went be to okay. the diner. Yeah. He's going to eat. He's, he was it's, hungry. It's all fine. So, Vic, at this point, was asleep in the book. In the book. Mm-hmm. At uh, his house, because the cops told him to go Yeah, the cops said, sleep. go to sleep, we'll wake you up if anything's, you know, n- noteworthy. Vic does not sleep in the movie. No, he does not. He just goes straight to the <laughs> Joe's. Yes. And so, this is when he gets the message from Mason saying they have Steve, and so he decides, okay, well, what the heck? So he calls him, and he's like, well, what about Joe? He's like, oh, we haven't heard anything from him, so everything's probably fine. And now Vic's getting pissed. He's like, ow, that's not good enough. Like, what the heck? And so he went to go calm down, and he went into Tad's room, and he noticed that he started seeing things in the closet, too. This is Mm -hmm. where the supernatural, paranormal things all start happening. So then Vic's like, okay, I gotta go. And so he drives off to Joe's. Joe's. So Donna moves Tad to the back seat so that she can get out his door to get the baseball bat. This is your trigger warning. warning. And um, the che- the section ends with she stepped out of the car for the last time. And so you're just sitting there like, because she died or because she wins? Like, what's <laughs> about to happen? And so this is when... Uh, Vic drives by and he sees Joe's car at Gary's house and he went into the house and he sees all these dead people and he realizes right away that it was Cujo. So Donna grabbed the bat as she got out of the car and she beat the freaking crap out of Cujo. Like I was just so sad reading this. And Cujo was like fighting back though. I was like, go on Cujo, you can do it. (laughs) And so Cujo bit her arm and the bat broke and then she freaking stabbed it through his eye. And I was just so sad. I didn't read that. Oh my gosh, I was horrified when I or, heard it. I read it and I just didn't care. Ah! I was just like, good. <laughs> she killed him. 
I was just like, well, one, okay, something with me is I can't do eyes. Anything, like, like on medical shows and stuff, mm-hmm. if it's anything involving the eyes, I cannot look. So then she stabbed through his eye. I was just like, hey, that's how you kill him. This poor pup. Whereas in the movie, she freaking, she didn't even double tap him, guys. She hits him with a bat. She thinks he's dead. She's able to get into Joe's house now. Which I'm like, if you killed the dog, why are you getting into the house? I guess to call to get a ride home. Because she, she was trying to splash water on Tad. Oh, because she carried him into the house. I forgot yeah. about that. Uh, and all I can think was freaking zombie land. I was like, she found a gun in the yard and was like, oh, I should carry this. I was like, dude, the first thing you should have did is turn around and shot the dog. Right. <laughs> Especially since you didn't stab it in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then in the m- book, she just keeps beating the crap out of it. Like, the, the dog is mm-hmm. dead now. Mm-hmm. And she just won't stop beating it up. And Vic shows up. And, like, at first he's, like, kind of scared. And he almost, like, thinks about leaving. But then he's kind of like, no, I got to go help. She's been traumatized. Yeah. And so he goes and helps. And then he pulls Tad out of the car and he brings him over and lays him in the grass and is like, how long has he been dead, Donna? And I was like, no, did I skip? She, he pulls him out of the car and he's still holding him and he goes, how long has he been dead? Oh, yeah. And it was even worse because he was holding his kid. And I literally, he said it. I went, no. Out loud. It was so sad. I did too, actually. I did. I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) I was like, what? But it was so sad. I was like, guys, in the movie, kid survives. You don't think so, though, at first. Like, he legit is like, yeah. He looks like he's going to be dead. But nope, he survives. And she, Donna does CPR on him. I think that's the saddest part, too, because then Donna starts doing CPR and she does it on him for like an hour in the book. Mm hmm. Before the ambulance gets there. And then she just goes back to wailing on Cujo. Actually, you killed so. him. You killed him. At that point, no. In reality, if I was in this situation, I would beat the shit uh, crap out of the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I try so hard to be not a good no swearing, you guys. <laughs> swear, Ali, swear. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was sad. It was a sad little part. So then, then that's where the movie ends. Yeah. Happy family. We don't know if Vic's decided to leave Donna or not. He just came back to save her. And Donna was sad because she thought Tad was dead, but he's alive. So she's and less it, sad. It freezes on the most awkward freeze frame, too, because like Tad or Tad Vic is like halfway running up the stairs. She's kind of like looking like, she wants to cry and be happy with her hands holding Tad, but also kind of open. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. But that's not where the book ends. No, we get quite a bit more. Okay, so an ambulance calls comes because Vic called them, and it took four men to restrain and sedate Donna. She actually bit one of the orderlies that tried to get Tad. Because this, this is also her rabies showing, too. Yeah. So yeah, she would have been dead, yes. according to... <laughs> she would have been. <laughs> Probably. Uh-huh. You would think so, right? Yeah. Yeah. She would. She should have died, you guys. Oh, man. Stephen King didn't do his research. <laughs> now that Orly has to get rabies shots, 
too. That's adorable. <laughs> and she went and beat Cujo up again, and then she was taken to the hospital. And Vic went through the car, and he got out the monster notes, and he just cries. And then a vet comes and cuts Cujo's head off. Because and... they want to send his head to be studied for rabies. Yep. It jumps back to Donna in the hospital, and she's there for four weeks, and they go home, and they have to act normal, and Donna's like, do you want to leave me? To Vic, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, I never wanted to leave you. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, we'll try it, and all this stuff. And so then we get back to Charity and Brett, and they're home now, and they're trying to like you know live their life. So sad their dog died, and their dad died, and but then his... The neighbor brought a new puppy over, and the first question Brett says is, does he have his shots? Like, he doesn't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. And that was so sad, but a legit question that, one, Cujo should have had his shots. Yeah. Not very, not very proactive mm-hmm. pet owners right there. Mm-mm. And then it ends with Cujo's thoughts about how much he loved his people and he would have done anything for them. That poor dog! I just was... It just made me so sad. It was just a... This book made me sad, and that's why I don't like it. This book did not make me sad. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So sad. All right, you guys, we did it! We finished this horrible book. to casting now and oh my gosh we like hated the whole cast yeah it was so bad (laughs) (laughs) i liked the kid yes i liked both the kids yep i didn't need to recast gary or bannerman i did all right so we got 18 members of society again 18 chills that was weird (laughs) stupid ghost chills oh no okay first we're gonna start with steve kemp was Christopher Stone. Christopher Stone was Steve Kemp. (laughs) Never. I'm never going to get it right. (laughs) I didn't even catch it that time. I just got used to you screwing it up. I didn't like him, guys. Did not like him. He actually matched how I thought. He did not match how I thought. He looked like a 70s creep. Which well, I mean, I mean it was Steve. made in the 80s, and he was a creep. It fits Steve perfectly. But I needed to recast him. And so the thing with recasting this movie is a lot of my people had to be from the 80s. And I was like, okay, this is going to be tough for me. Because, like, how am I going to recast? Like, everyone I know from the 80s isn't really horror movie people. But, like, who would I put? Where would I put? What's going on? Yeah, because we legit try to match the movie. So, like, we're not going to cast someone, someone from nowadays. today's day and age in an 80s movie. Unless they were the appropriate age back then. So, I also am going to be recasting Vic. But originally, who I chose for Steve was going to be Vic just because I freaking love him. And I was like, oh my God, I would love to see him as Vic. But then after I s- decided he was going to be Vic, I was like, oh, shoot. No, he's not. Because he plays a good dick. <laughs> so I chose Patrick Swayze. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. I could see that. So I was like, he is Steve Kemp. Okay, I could see that. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll give it to you. Thank you. So then we have 
Vic. Okay, we'll have Vic. And we he is played by <laughs> Yes? Did I say it right? Yeah, okay. Daniel a minute. <laughs> Daniel Hugh Kelly. That's such an unfortunate name for you. <laughs> I didn't like him. He had like this afro going. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. He just he I looked pictured weird. a really good looking dude. I did too. So who'd you cast? Okay, so after I realized that Patrick Swayze was Steve for me, I was like, well, shoot, who else was a good looking dude back in the day? And so then I kind of had an idea of what I was looking for for Donna. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do that for Donna, I have to do Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. Uh, I get why. But I don't know. He wasn't super Vic for me. I don't think young Kurt Russell was Vic. And you see a picture of young Kurt Russell. Oh, my God. Look at Overboard. What? Go to the movie Overboard. Have you never seen Overboard? No. You need to because it's him and Goldie. All I know, like, well, I know him from Guardians and then that Santa Claus movie. The Chris oh, Chronicles. Is... What is it? Look, look, look. There's my Vic and Donna. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you might as well sell it. Like... <laughs> oh. And then Donna Trenton, played by Dee Wallace, I didn't like her. They had her in this weird, like, pixie haircut. And I pictured this, like, luscious blonde, like, with her hair pretty long. And uh, I don't want to say that Dee Wallace looked old, but she looked older than I had pictured. And so, who can go with Kurt Russell? Goldie Hawn. (laughs) They're so cute together. I love them I love them. Okay, but I had to recast Vic, too. Mm-hmm. And I looked up... I was shocked that he was 80s. I actually still don't believe it. But, Who? I mean, I guess... I can tell you if he is or not. So, I chose Rob Lowe. Really? Mm-hmm. Because this is his 80s pictures that I found. Yeah. And I was like, that seems kind of Vic Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I don't think he's that attractive. But, well, I didn't picture Vic, like, drop-dead gorgeous. That's true, yeah. I pictured him, like, I mean, he looks good in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. So, that's who I, that's who I picked. For okay. Vic. Okay. Yeah. We didn't have an Amber Heard situation. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I do got a couple more. All right. Donna? Donna, I was, I mean, I didn't like her, but I didn't recast her. Okay. She wasn't bad enough to recast for me. Goldie Hawn? Yes, I approve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where are we at? Tad. We did Tad. Danny. Oh, gosh. Pintaro? Pintaro? Pintaro was Tad, and he was freaking perfect. Fantastic. Like, oh, my gosh. Good job, kid. He was the best actor in the whole movie. Yeah, he was. (laughs) This four-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Joe Camber. Ed Lauter. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I he was too young. He was exactly how I pictured him. He's not at all how I pictured him. Who'd you choose? I chose Jeff Bridges because I love him. I look him up. Guys, I'm horrible with actors. How do you not know Jeff Bridges? I know their name. I'm gonna see him and know exactly who. I would laugh. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially young Jeff Bridges. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's ironic because I pictured him. Older, but I cast someone that wasn't old just because of who I cast for his wife. Okay. Let's talk about that. Charity Camber. Oh, gosh. 
Kailani Lee? Yeah, Kailani. Yeah, Lee. No, guys, she was just not... She was not at all who I pictured. Like, I pictured, like, someone who was beautiful, but not in, like, a overly, like, oh my god, she's drop-dead gorgeous way, like a just normal pretty. Mm Mm-hmm. So then in trying to figure that out, I was like, who was in the 80s who was, like, pretty, but not your typical pretty? Mm-hmm. And I came to Meryl Streep. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I cast uh, Deborah Winger. I don't know who she is, but I saw this picture. Will and Grace. Oh, wait, no? No. I don't know. She just looked like a charity to me. I don't know what she's in. Oh, she's in the ranch. Mm. Yes, she is. I don't like her voice, but... Oh, I don't know her voice. I was looking at pictures. (laughs) It's like kind of like a smoker's voice. Oh, okay. Well, I was not comparing... I didn't have that in my quality of judgment. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then we got Brett Camber, Billy... Jane, I think he did great. Yeah, he was fine. Yep. Gary Pervier, Mills Watson. I thought he was horrible. I hated him. I was fine with him. We didn't like him. So I cast... <laughs> You're going to laugh so hard. <laughs> I cl- I cast young Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I almost chose him for Joe. <laughs> really? <laughs> And, I don't know, he seemed like a rugged war vet guy. Okay. (laughs) And then Bannerman was Sandy Ward. And he was the police officer who was supposed to be a young kid. Yeah. Who was not. And I chose Andrew McCarthy. I don't know anything he's in. I just saw his picture and was like, that sounds like him. Oh, my gosh. Or looks like him. I guess that sounds like him. You guys, I literally type in 80s actors and then look at their pictures. You could have said Johnny Depp. (laughs) That's true. Instead, he chooses doo-doo. I don't even know. (laughs) Okay, I could see it. Okay, cool. He was in Pretty in Pink. Oh, okay. All right. That was it. Woo. Cool. We did it. Yeah. So which do you prefer? Book or movie? You're going to be shocked. I saw the movie first, but I prefer the book. Yeah. I don't want to ever read or watch either of them, I guess. <laughs> but if you had to. If I had to, I would do the book. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, it was well written. Yeah. There was a lot more story to it. Yeah. And I didn't have to watch a sad puppy. I just had to read about his feelings. I don't know. That's horrible. I'm never going to read it again. <laughs> I'm gonna make you do it every year. <laughs> be so sad. Alrighty, so let's talk about our sneak peek for next week. <laughs> you guys have already heard me say how much I dislike it. <laughs> we are reading Stephen King's first ever novel, <laughs> Carrie. I was excited to read it. I don't know why I was excited to read it. We have thoughts. Yeah, many many thoughts. Coming from two females, this should be a fun podcast for you guys to hear. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, sorry for our male audience. 
So stay tuned for that. That was a great sneak peek to <laughs> come and listen as we just tell half the audience you might not like this one. But no, I think I think they'll still enjoy it, but I've got words. Yeah. I've got many words. I've got some soap boxes to stand on. Oh, uh, I've got way too many for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear what those soap boxes are, come on back to carry to sneak peek <laughs> i don't know i'm so tired i've been recording for like three hours you guys yeah this is the longest this done. is the longest three hours and seven minutes we're at right now yeah that's insane i'm so tired all righty you guys thanks for sticking with us yep we will see you next time yeah for carrie okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, we would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed and gave us five beautiful stars. You can also follow us on Facebook at Offscript and Instagram at Offscript Podcast 21. Shout outs to Ashley McGee for our adorable logo art. And Adam Daniel for our incredible theme song. And our one and only Brie for our editing. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>